Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Laura Noel. As a certified Proctor Gallagher coach, 27-year military leader, Laura helps high performers live empowered, fulfilling lives, all while achieving their highest potential. She helps leaders focus on what really matters so they can stop feeling out of control, become more effective with their time, and spend more time discovering doing what they love. Thanks so much for joining me today, Laura. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to have you here. Um, I, I think this is a huge topic we're going to be exploring and so timely, um, you know, just with everything we've been through the past couple of years. And I, I think people are doing some reevaluating of how they're spending their time. Yes, they do. They sure are. <laughs> <laughs> and good, right? Good it is thing. a good thing. Mm-hmm. It is. So, but, but let's sort of back up for a second. I'm, I'm curious about why people like buy into that myth that more is more, you know, multitasking, being in the grind, things like that. It's what we're brought up believing. Um, you know, I was just recently interviewing somebody else who was an entrepreneur and she started at four years old because she was watching her father run businesses, but working really hard. So we watch people when, when we're little babies up until we're the age of six or seven, our mind is just like a little sponge and we're taking in everything that's happening around us, what people do, what people say, and that becomes our truth. And then those beliefs, those paradigms become adopted by us as well. So those beliefs, you have to work hard. It's it is difficult to earn money. You have to be in the grind. All of those beliefs, they're false, but we believe them because it's what we've been told repetitiously over the years. So how do we change them? Well, you can change your paradigm first and foremost by recognizing you have them first, you know, and then deciding what would you rather believe and, and, and it can be that simple. And, you know, I remember one of my mentors, I was at a uh, seminar and I was working with her on a project and I was trying to catch up with her and I'm like, oh, I'm all over the place. Ah, I'm, I feel kind of scattered today. And she said, what if you didn't feel that way? And it was kind of like, it stopped me in my tracks and it really is that simple. Wow all right, if I didn't feel that way, if I didn't feel all discombobulated and pulled in 8 million different directions, I would feel calm. I would feel in control of myself and my emotions. And it, it was really that, that flip of the switch and making that decision and choosing. That's, yeah. It's, you know, I don't think people realize that they have choice in, in these things. It, when we take 
radical responsibility <laughs> for, you know, the actions we take, the, mm -hmm. the feelings that we choose to engage in or the circumstances that we choose to react to as opposed to respond. When we take responsibility for those things, um, it's really eye-opening, but it's also life-changing in a, in a wonderful way. It can feel empowering. Yeah, no kidding. Now, you also say that when we're doing more, we aren't thinking. And I'm curious what you mean by that. One of my mentors, Bob Proctor, would always say, mental activity does not constitute thinking. And so <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And, and it's so true because if we are just, I mean, even my example of, oh, I'm all over the place, my yeah. hair is on fire and I'm, I'm not thinking, I'm mentally stimulated, I'm taking in information through my five senses but those circumstances are bouncing me around like a pinball. I'm not really tapped in to my wants, my mm -hmm. desires. I'm not really engaged in effective decision-making. And I'm just being guided by these other circumstances. So when we're thinking, we are, we're quieting down the, the mental noise and the clutter the competing demands. And, and it, it could happen in, in a brief, just couple of moments of just taking a breath and saying to yourself, asking yourself, how am I feeling right now? What do I need right now? What's really important right now? And just taking a couple of moments to center and ground, that enables you to tap into something within yourself, um, your intuition, your inner GPS, whatever you want to call it, but you're, you're going to be much more effective in your decision-making capacity because when we're dealing with all these competing demands, that's a cognitive overload on our system. And so we're not thinking. Well, you know, when you were talking about that, I was feeling it, you know, it, it was so resonating with me because I could feel uh, like the memory of times when I, I, you know, it just like, stopped being that I had stopped being able to uh, even think to the next step, you know, it's sort of paralyzing. Yes, it, it is. And it's interesting because I'm in um, some graduate studies right now. So I'm running my business and I'm working with clients and I'm helping other businesses. And I'm also back in school and I'm taking a pretty um, heavy course load. Um, and my classmates always kind of chuckle because they know that pretty much every month <laughs> I'm going on a meditation retreat or I'm going to some personal development thing, or I'm going to yoga. I'm doing all of these things to clear the clutter. And when I come back, I find so much more ease and flow when I'm posting in the discussion boards or when I'm, when the reading just looks insurmountable how am I going to take all of this in and assimilate it and then have something intelligent to say about it? Well, when I'm in that stressful mindset and paralyzed, like I've, I've felt that way too, where I was looking at my computer and I just, I was just staring at it. I couldn't do anymore. But yeah. when I did the counterintuitive thing, which was take a step back, take a week off, um, go to that yoga class, go for a walk in nature. When I come back, it's, it's as if 
I'm being guided by my intuition or something greater than myself. And I come back to the workload and it's like, I intuitively know where to focus my attention. I'm just much more effective. Yeah. Cause you're, yeah, your brain is a lot more open. Yesterday I was mm -hmm. doing a workshop for, um, employees. So they aren't necessarily leaders uh, in the, um, formal sense of the word. But we were talking about some issues that, that the company is having some challenges. And one of the things that I said was, sometimes you have to stop in order to move forward. And, and that feels like that's part of what you're talking about, that it, it sounds counterintuitive to stop or to step away, but that's really like the reset that you might need. Absolutely. And you brought up something interesting. It's like you're, when you stop, when you clear the clutter and you take that laser beam focus off of that one thing is you're you're broadening your focus and your your brain is in a more creative state huh. yeah it's weird isn't it because that's not what you would think not at all no and that's not what we've been taught either yeah. it's just to um to grind it out and to keep going yeah boy it's, it's, it, this is reminding me of that. Uh, if you keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm speaking from experience here too, because yeah. I was that one that was always grinding it out and it was a really, I was successful and from other people through other people's standards, it looked yeah. like I had it all together, but I was really lonely. I was accomplishing all of these things at the expense of having a fulfilling life, having great relationships in my life and great friendships and pursuing passions. And once I learned to tap into my creativity in a way that enabled me to experience joy, you've got to experience that joy and those pauses first before you can really start to experience the success in that. So sometimes, oh, when I finish this project, then I'll go on that vacation. Well, it never <laughs> happens. There's always a mountain, another mountain you're going to climb. That's, I mean, at least that's what's happened for me. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, but it was once I took a stand and I said, enough, I don't want to live like this anymore. This feels crappy. Um, what, do, what do I enjoy? What do I even enjoy doing anymore? I don't even know. I felt yeah. like I lost a sense of who I was. Um, and I started uh, singing again and you know, putting yoga and fitness at the top of my list and self-care, putting that first. And once I flipped the equation, then I experienced much more ease and flow in the work I was doing. And I was more effective. Yeah. See, I, I think this is so crucial because so many people have taken self-care and put it after mm -hmm. everything else gets done, which never happens as you mentioned before, but it's really doing that first that allows us to be able to attack and accomplish all the other things. Uh, yeah, I was just interviewing somebody recently that I worked with in the Air Force. And it's, um, it's a quote on the post with that interview is me first, because I love you. Huh. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, I, yeah, I yeah. agree, but it took me a while to get there too. Yeah. Yeah. And I would suggest people just take baby steps and do yeah. it. I mean, because you can have 
I would rather somebody take 15 minutes a day, get up 15 minutes earlier, just to have quiet time with your coffee to ideate and just, just relax and breathe. I'd rather somebody do that every day than I'm going to have create a little retreat for myself all day on Saturday. It's the repetition of doing this that creates the habit. Yeah, that's a great, that, that is a great point. So this is, this came to my mind and it sort of goes along with um, everything we've been talking about so far, but will you talk about the difference between reacting and responding? Absolutely. Yeah. So reacting is, so I'll back up a little bit. We all okay. have our beliefs in our subconscious mind, our um, belief systems, our paradigms, the way in which we, the lens in which we view the world. And as a consequence, we can have knee-jerk reactions to situations, to people, to circumstances. And when we're allowing, most of our behavior is habitual. It's run by our paradigm. And that's a good thing, you know, in a lot of ways, because you don't want to have to mentally think about how to squeeze the toothpaste onto the toothbrush every time you're going to do it. We're able to, we're able to do different things without, without mentally taxing our brain thinking about them. So that's not a necessarily a bad thing, but most of our behavior is habitual. But when we're reacting to a circumstance or to a person, we're not thinking, we are reacting based on that mental programming. And so it's a knee-jerk reaction. We're not even thinking about it. And sometimes we'll say something, oh my gosh, in the heat of the moment, I opened my mouth and my mother came out. Where did that come from? I wasn't, <laughs> that doesn't even sound like me. Whereas if we're responding, then we're in control of us, no matter the circumstance. So instead of allowing the circumstance to dictate how we feel and then how we react, we're instead taking in the circumstance as it just is. And we're using our mental faculties, our imagination, our intuition, our reasoning ability, our um, perception and our memory, for example, we're using those as our point of support. And then we're responding in a much more effective way. So maybe if you have a circumstance that happens and it's not to your liking, maybe instead of reacting to it and getting all upset and bent out of shape and just making rash decisions based on fear, you might stop, breathe and say, what would this mentor that I respect so much, what would he or she say about this situation? Mm -hmm. And so in that way, you're, you're getting a different perspective. You're looking at the problem or the challenge from a different perspective, and then you're going to respond to it in a much more effective way. I see. Boy, that, that's really valuable. Yeah, it's, you know, I always say it's, it's like we're playing a mind game. Our mind is designed to keep us comfortable. And comfort, comfortable comfort doesn't mean that we like our circumstance. So if we're in the grind and we're exhausted and we're saying, I don't want to work like this anymore, but it's what we know. So our brain is going to keep us comfortable. And every time we try to switch a habit or adopt something that takes us away from that, and it brings us peace and calm and quiet, our mind is going to pull us back to the chaos we're used to because it's what, it's what we know. It's our comfort zone, even though we don't like it. Um, so 
it's using your mental faculties helps you stay in charge of you and tell your habitual programming, no, I'm in charge. Enough is enough. And I know that I have to be aware of what I'm doing. Oh, I'm getting pulled back into an old habit. And what what's what's the decision here? Do I want to fall back into this habit? Do I want to be on autopilot? Let's make a different decision. That's really interesting. It feels like um, we have to be, especially in the process of switching our paradigm, that we have to be really present and aware of how we're showing up and, you know, sort of conscious of what's going on. Does it become second nature down the road? I mean, the new paradigm, does it become second nature down the road? It does. So there's two ways that you can change your paradigm. One is through an emotional impact. And that's usually something that negative happens and it kind of shakes you to your core and gets you to change your beliefs and um, your habitual behavior right there on the spot. But the other way is through repetition of a new idea and spacing it out in a, you know, so I'd rather, like I said, I'd rather you repeat a new habit every day for five mm. minutes, then do it all on Saturday. It's the repetition, the time-spaced repetition of that new idea. Um, so you can change your paradigms through that time-spaced repetition, uh, getting clear on what it is that is no longer serving you, getting clarity on, well, what would I rather believe? And then through repetition, and this is this is kind of where affirmations fall in. You know, affirmations in and of themselves don't work, but it's if you use an affirmation to bolster a new paradigm that you'd rather engage in, and then you start to get emotionally involved in that new paradigm, and you start to generate that belief in yourself through the repetition, through saying it every day, through engaging it, engaging with it every day, through taking five minutes to imagine, gosh. What would like, what would I be like if I was calm, cool, and collected? <laughs> and you start to get emotionally involved in it. Eventually that becomes you and you don't have to think about it. That becomes a part of your new paradigm. Mm. Okay. So it's like, it's a mind game and you just yeah. have to learn how to play it. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, I think that was good enough. I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. out. 
And you mentioned our mental faculties. Um, how, how do we learn like to tap into our intuition and use it to our advantage? One way to practice tapping into your intuition, and we all have it. It's that little voice inside your head that tells you to bring the umbrella and it's sunny outside. So you think, ah, I'm not going to bring it. And then you step outside and you get poured on. <laughs> it's, we often ignore our intuition, but you can practice using your intuition with um, maybe somebody that knows you really well and you have a great relationship with. And you can just let them know, hey, I'm just practicing using my intuition. Uh, I'm getting this feeling from you. Are you, you know, are you okay? Or if you get a sense that somebody's struggling with something or perplexed by something, you can practice it just by asking them, I'm getting a sense you feel this way. Is, am I off base here? And you'll get feedback right away. Oh, that's interesting. I never and would have know. thought of that. Right, right. Yeah, whether it's working or not. So everyone has intuition. Is it that we just don't exercise that muscle, so to speak? Yeah. So all of your mental faculties are, like you said, mental muscles. So, you know, I'll use imagination as an example. When we're little kids, and we're getting out from under our parents' feet, you know, they're go play and we're using the pots and pans and we're making up games and it's, it's great. And then when we go to school, we're taught that imagination is daydreaming. And then it kind of takes on a negative connotation. So we all have imagination and we can practice using that imagination, but your intuition um, is also a mental muscle that you can practice using as well as your perception, your, your memory, you, there's books out there that you can use and games out there where you can practice with your mem memory faculty, for example. Um, that little exercise that I explained about perception, imagining that somebody's sitting across from you at the table and you write a challenge on a piece of paper, get the problem outside of you, push that piece of paper across the table, imagine somebody you admire that would handle the situation beautifully is sitting across, across from you, imagine what they would say. So then you're practicing using your perception. So you, there's little things that you can do. Your, um, what else is there? Reason, your will is another one. Um, focus, that's what's gonna give you that ultimate focus. And if you feel like you're all over the place, um, I, I love this, I find it difficult, but you can practice staring at a flame on a candle and holding that focus because how basically how you do one thing is how you do all things. And you can, if you strengthen your focus there, you can strengthen it in other areas of your life. Wow. I love the, the thing you were talking about with the perception, because I could see that being really powerful because we probably all know people who we admire and, and know handle certain situations really well. And if we can sort of, you know, put ourselves in their shoes and say, how would they handle this? It, you can come to a solution. Yeah. And it, it, and it takes the problem outside of you mm -hmm. because the problem isn't, it, it's not yours to own. It's just something, it's a circumstance. That's it. So if we can kind of take that, that sting off of it and that emotion, it'll, it'll make us less reactive as well. So even just the, 
the idea of getting it outside of yourself and yeah. writing it down, right? So you're still dealing with it. Yeah. It's just, you're not um, taking it on. Right. You're detaching. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I can imagine that there are people listening and thinking to themselves, okay, you know, sounds great, you know, and not sure how feasible it is for me or whatever. Do you have examples of people you've worked with who did this? You know, they were already successful. They slowed down. Yeah. And that slowing down was more beneficial for them. Yes. Um, so I'm thinking of a client who she was much younger in her probably uh, mid mid to late twenties. And she was in a career very successful. And this is when I lived in Hawaii. She was working at a, a TV station, always working, always busy. She never took the time to think about her goals. She just, her time was stretched. She was stretched thin. And when we started working together, uh, she gave herself permission to dream if I could have anything I want. And she took the space to do the work that I was giving her to. And these were really um, questions that, that prompted her to pull out of herself what was already in there that she didn't even realize was in there. And so what she discovered was that she loved traveling and she had a, um, a fashion blog that had I don't, she's has hundreds of thousands of followers on it now, but she wanted to grow that. These were things that she was passionate about and that she enjoyed. So within three months, because she gained clarity on some of the things that she liked and then started to kind of play with the idea of, well, how could I make this work? How could I make this into a lifestyle? She, within three months, left her job and she grew her social media following. She started her own social media company and um, had three employees and within a few months was earning six figures and was able to bring in employees into the company. And so I see her on social media, traveling the world and enjoying her best life. And she's not in the grind. So she's doing exactly what she's passionate about, what she felt called to do instead of working a job. And she was in a great job. You know, that's, um, I've had other people who didn't leave their job where, if they just slowed down enough to gain clarity on if I, and we're, we're dealing with the great resignation right now. Yeah. Right. And so I don't think in all cases that people necessarily have to leave their job to get what they want from their job and be of service. But sometimes we can get so stuck in a paradigm with regard to what our job and this position should look like and how it should be structured but if you can kind of think, allow yourself, give yourself permission to think, okay, if I had, so not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. So I had a client who thought, well, I don't necessarily want to be an entrepreneur. I do want the stability of a job and I want to work. She was working long hours and she was trying to do some digital entrepreneurship kind of work. But even on the weekends, it, her, her time was just stretched with her work. And she thought it. I would love to have a job where it enabled me to travel and see my daughter who lived in another state and, um, and then work on this, this little side hustle that I, it's fun doing. I like doing it. I just don't have the time to do it. Well, she actually attracted a job that 
enabled her to travel and to be with her daughter. And, it, and the hours were just more conducive to her living her best life. But it's when we take that pause, when we get clarity on what it is we want and we give ourselves permission to, you need to play, you need to use your imagination and ask yourself, well, what if? Well, what if I could have anything I wanted? Uh, most people don't do it because they think that that using that imagination in that way and taking that time is child's play. It's not necessary. Right. Yeah. Those are great examples. And, and I'm really glad that you said uh, that you gave the example of not necessarily wanting to be an entrepreneur, but just wanting to be able to really, you know, do the things uh, in life that a lot of people want to do. But we have this paradigm, we have this belief, you know, that this is what success looks like. And so we sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, um, another client in a job got clear on what she wanted, and she only wanted to work she wanted the flexibility to work from home. And this was before the pandemic. Um, but she actually created her job by design. Hmm. And so she was able to have it all. And, you know, another person in a job who loves her job, but wanted to create a book with her art and her poetry. So she never gave herself space to do that. And now she's teaching, she's taking what she's learning with me and she's feeling more fulfilled because she's teaching leadership classes at her work right where she is. Wow. Yeah. I, I feel like, I know I said at the beginning of all of this, that the times we've been through the past couple of years make this a really timely conversation. And I, and I do really feel like we've learned so much about what's possible in the past couple of years that um, that maybe it gives people more freedom to explore what they could possibly do and how they could work in a way that would serve them better. Yeah. I, and that's a beautiful thing. It's um, yeah. because, yeah, you're right. We've seen so many businesses reinvent themselves um, successfully. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, you know, just creating that space and then being willing to let go of, of what you've been doing, you know, because I've worked with people mm -hmm. in high levels who um, they're brilliant. They coach other, you know, founders and CEOs and, but, and they're on boards and they're, you know, funding different businesses. And, but they also have to be willing to let go, say no to some things, which is scary. Yeah. You know, because if, if your identity, just being aware of what your identity is connected with, is it connected to being needed or to fulfilling this particular role, but what you want is on the horizon and, it, and you can't carry, you know, home base with you when you're running around the, the, the mounds, you know, first, second, yeah. and third, um, that's a lot to carry and it's going to slow you down. So there is also a fear and yeah. being willing to step through that fear of letting go and seeing what you're letting go of, but not fully knowing what's out there. And it's so much better than what you could have ever imagined. Yeah, I, I, I think that is definitely, and, and I get that fear, I, I really do. I, I guess it's, you know, maybe part of it is being afraid of the unknown. You know, you don't know what's on the other side of the change and, 
it's a vulnerability and, and things like that. Um, but if you don't explore, then you never know. Right. And, and it's not the last decision you ever have to make either. And I liked what you said about just doing something small and, and working your way through even a process instead of just trying to create wholesale change. Yeah. You want to make sure that you're creating habits that align with the vision. First, you have to have the vision of where you want to be and then make decisions like that person would. Yeah. How would they show up and, and do that every day? How, you know, how does, um, how does, you know, billionaire, bazillionaire business owner, you know, how do I show up as that today? How would yeah. I react to certain things or respond? Right. Cause it's going to be different. Now, will you talk some about how this, you know, being in the grind and doing all things and, and all of that impacts a team or a group of people? Mm. It can have people spinning off in, in different directions and not necessarily rallying around a common goal. Um, it could have people on the teams operating, staying busy just to stay busy because that's what the culture is. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, but what it's doing is it's taking focus and energy off of the things, leveraging the right things that are going to gain the most traction and help the team really get the most momentum toward the vision. Oh boy, I can see that. That's interesting. Uh, that, that, yeah, I can see that. That's not good. Okay, so let's talk um, just practical steps that someone can take to slow down. So you mentioned, you know, instead of saying, I'm going to take Saturday, just, you know, picking one thing. Are there other ideas th that you have for what, you know, someone's listening and they say, yeah, I got to start this process. What yeah. do you say? Well, you know, I'll share what I do in the mornings. Oh, great. Um, and it really doesn't take a lot of time. Um, so I write down my goal every, every morning and it, you know, it just takes a couple of minutes and then I write down 10 things that I'm grateful for mm -hmm. and it doesn't take long, but it, it elevates my spirit and it gets me to see um, really just the wonder that really the awesomeness that's out there and surrounding me and the people around me. So it puts me in a really great energy and headspace. Um, so I write my goal. I write 10 things that I'm grateful for. And I send energetically. I think of somebody maybe that I had a little spat with, or somebody that's getting under my skin. I'll send them love because I want to let that go. I don't want to carry on to that, that baggage. And, and then I just sit quietly for about 10 minutes. And sometimes I'll play a little background music and I think about my goal and I just allow my imagination to wander. And sometimes think visions will come to mind of like an aspect of me reaching that goal. What am I doing? What am I wearing? Where am I going? And then I write down what I saw. And then any ideas that come to my mind, it could be called Joe or <laughs> different things that I, I feel like I should do. 
And what I call that is inspired action. Because when I'm thinking of my goal, when I'm living in it, and I'm thinking of the world from the goal, and I'm in that great energetic space, and ideas float to my imagination of things to do or people to call or just ideas, I'm in harmony with that goal. I'm, I'm thinking and I'm in that space as that person right in that moment. So the ideas that float to my mind are coming from my intuition and I act on them. Anyway, I have a question for you. Yep. Um, so I hear that. And the thought that comes to my mind is if, if I sat down and did that, then I would want to jump up and just start doing whatever those ideas were that came into my mind. Like that, that's one of my challenges is that I end up having these ideas and get so enthusiastic about them that I go do instead of finishing, you know, staying the course and, and finishing, you know, working on something that needs to get done really technically before I go starting something else. So yep. when you say, you know, then take action, is there a, like, what does that look like? Is there a time gap yep. in there? Yeah. So I'm, I'm talking about specific action steps, things that I, I want to get done today that okay. are in harmony with my goal. So okay. I'm thinking about, you know, I what see. can I do today that's in alignment with this vision? Cause mm -hmm. I have 8 million other ideas, but another thing that I've implemented is if I have ideas for strategies different strategies that are different than what I'm working on currently. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the week, I kind of look at, well, what did I write down ideas? And not all of the ideas are necessarily things that I'm going to act on right away, yeah. but yeah. I'll filter through them. Okay. These oh. are some things that I'm going to act on now. Oh, this would be a good strategy. Let me finish what I'm doing here and then see if I can implement that. And some other things might be in a folder called my bucket list. So I have a, a little folder on my desktop. Um, on my computer that I have bucket list items that I'm, I'm taking on, but this helps me stay focused on what's most important for me to do today. That will move me in the direction of my goal. I say, yeah, thanks. So I, I missed the, I wasn't connecting the part of toward the goal. So <laughs> yes. Yeah. So when you're think when you write your goal down and you're thinking of your goal and you're imagining yourself in the goal, you're in harmony with that goal. So you're yeah. you're kind of living in your imagination as that person. Um, so you might have ideas. Sometimes it's to call somebody. Like I remember I was leading a morning um, study group and it was pretty early in the morning. I had bedhead and everything, cameras off. And I just, I was really connected with my goal. And I'm like, I have to go right now. And I went on Facebook live and I did a Facebook live and somebody a couple hours later said, your video found its way to me and I want to work with you. So wow. whatever I was sharing yeah. that I, I felt so compelled, it, it like I could feel it in my body. I had to act it. There was a reason and somebody needed to hear that message. And as a result, we got to work together. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I love that. That sort of propels me, that that sort of thing. Because things come to my mind all the time like that. And I say, yeah, I got to do that. And then I, I put it on my bucket list, but I don't mm -hmm. necessarily take action right away, which sometimes I think I probably should. 
So yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. and and a good way to know is really think about where it's coming from. So the example when you're you know really quiet and you're not being distracted and you're in harmony with that goal, that's coming from your intuition. But if we are and our analytical mind is beautiful, you know, it's it, but it it definitely should work for us and not be the master of us. And so when we are sometimes we can overthink things or get oh. um, really, you know, um, in analysis paralysis, or we can let fear and overthinking drive decision making. So discerning, you know, is this is this fear driving me or is this you know, worry or concern driving this decision, or is it, was I aligned with my goal and it's, I'm being guided. It's my intuition. It's that gut. I see. Okay. That's good. I, I can definitely embrace that. And, but, and it's a practice. Yeah. I'll bet. <laughs> I, I can, yeah. I, believe me, I'm totally picking up on that. And so you just have to keep, I like what you said about, you have to create the habit, which means you have to have the repetition. Exactly. And, mm -hmm. you know, what helped me too is having somebody guide me through it. I, well, yeah. I wasn't doing it alone because we all have blind spots. Yeah. And our, you know, our mind is designed to keep us comfortable. And so we can talk ourselves out of a lot of things. And so it's nice to have somebody to bounce those ideas off of or, you know, or the, the fears or the worries yeah. and really kind of um, peel back the layers of the onion to figure out what, what are the paradigms that might be holding you back? Exactly. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. I've enjoyed it immensely and, and have a ton of takeaways from it. So thank you for that. Uh, and in keeping with, you know, having someone help you with that, will you please tell the listeners how they can find you and, you know, what you've got going on so that they can reach out? Absolutely. And it was absolutely my pleasure. I loved our conversation and thank you so much for having me. Um, people can find me on stretchintosuccess.com. That's my website or um, my podcast, ratracereboot.com. Or you can just find me on LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn, Laura Noel. You'll find me there. So you can message me uh, or connect with me through either website, either the podcast site or my stretch into success site. And I would love to um, answer any questions you might have or get you pointed in the right direction. Uh, you, you can also book a call with me from my stretch into success site and we'll get you pivoted and, and rocking and rolling in the right direction. Right on. So great. Well, thank you. As I said, and listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, 
but my life. Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analysts at Lachifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics and hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts.